Welcome back to That's So Fringy Podcast. I'm Rick. And I'm Kristen. And we have an episode for you today with our new mate, Luke Askew, who uh, was just a wonderful, wonderful conversation that we had with him about the kingdom yes. and about living for Jesus as we await his return mm-hmm. um, and, and, and being really um, engaged in that way. So how do we get a hold of him and how do these people find him if they'd like to? So you can find him on Instagram. It's Luke, L-U-K-E. A-S-K-E-W, all one word. Um, and he's, I mean, he does all kinds of stuff, but he's a motivational speaker. He's kind of, his his whole thing is he's trying to inspire a generation of people to to have purpose in their life. Yeah. And I, we really appreciate you guys hanging with us the last couple of episodes because I know it was a lot. Mm. Um, so this will be a really positive, uplifting. He's just he's just a genuine human being, and he's really, really was was awesome to talk to. Yeah. So without further ado, don't forget to like, share, subscribe, all of those things. Um, do the thing. Do some reviews if you don't mind. If you haven't reviewed the show on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and do that or Spotify. Uh, it's greatly appreciated. helps us to get up on the numbers so that we can be putting this message out to as many people as possible. Yes. So, all right. You got anything else? I don't think so. Okay. I'm We're excited about Luke. this one. Come on, Luke, mate. Let's get it going, eh? Luke, how you doing, bud? I'm very well, thank you. How are you guys? We are Good. great. Yeah, we're just thankful that you had the time to come on with us, man. We've been uh, looking forward to connecting with you for a while, and uh, we're so glad we finally were able to make it happen. Mm-hmm. So uh, what's going on in your life these days, man? What's going on in my life these days? Well, with two little boys, chaos is going yeah. on in my life right now. <laughs> Chaos. Yeah. Yeah. chaos. So we've got two little boys. Noah is four. Oliver is two. Beautiful wife, Victoria. We just fostered a dog as well. So wow. the house is busy at the moment. So yeah. that's primarily what's going on. And then all the other bits of life is an added bonus in my line of work and what I'm passionate about. Um, but my day to day is being a dad, being a husband and, um, yeah, like the majority of people, whatever that looks like. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, you're just a normal guy. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, just like you might see my highlight reel like on socials, and um, but do you know what I mean? Just like everyone else, living my life, really. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Well, we heard you on a couple different other podcasts, and we wanted to just uh, introduce you to our audience because uh, we really appreciated your testimony. And uh, we, more importantly, I got a lot out of just uh, your afterthoughts, you know, where you were talking about your, um, your conversion and then your, um, the things that came to you afterwards. So we were hoping that you could just maybe share your testimony with us tonight and, uh, and then we can figure out what, uh, what kind of questions we want to do after that, but uh, we'll just let it flow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Um, All right. So, gosh, you just asked the Christians, asked the testimony. Have you got four hours? Um, no, but yeah. <laughs> no. So my background then is like, I didn't grow up in any type of like religious household at all. Um, I wouldn't say I grew up in an atheist household at all. We were kind of like a family that was very much, 
Do you know what I mean? Quite positive. You know, mm. we should be good people. Um, life's a journey. Everything works out in the end. It's kind of just kind of quite a positive kind of mindset from a family basis, but from a, from a kind of like, is there a God? Is there a creator? Never really crossed my mind, if I'm honest. Um, mm. However, my mum did say that when I was five years old, I don't know, I can't remember. When I was five years old, I came back from school once and I didn't go to like a church school or anything. And um, she did say that I turned up one day and started speaking about God. And randomly was like speaking about God and mum was like, ah, she wants to go to a church, Luke. And so-called, I replied, nah, God's not in the church. <laughs> She's in everyone and every and everything, something like that. So from that moment, my mum was like, um, oh, we think we might have a priest on our hand. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I didn't grow up religious at all. And then long story short, just like every other person went through life kind of following what the blueprint of life was meant to went to school studied tried to figure out what i wanted to do with my life found out that i was really passionate about speaking about communicating to people became a motivational speaker because that's what you do every day um, became a motivational yeah. speaker um went into my line went into my profession but then it was basically in 2017 when everything started going downhill for me so what I mean by downhill for me is that I grew up, to give you context, my dad loves um, personal development, like personal development, self-help industry. So, and that's probably why we were quite a positive family um, mm-hmm. because it's all, all that industry is so wrapped in biblical principles and kingdom concepts, but they just leave Jesus out of it. So kind of, I was kind of learning all these different concepts and all these different principles growing up. And basically, as I was going on my journey and became a motivational speaker, I was speaking about all these principles to the next generation and and sowing them seeds into other people's lives. Hmm. But at the same time, I didn't know who I was at all. I, like, I had no sense of identity. I had no real sense of true purpose in the world. I was just kind of built up on positive psychology, I would say. So we've got this Mm -hmm. weird movement in the world right now, which is like, oh, it's just about being happy and everything. It's just about being happy and we need to find happiness. Um, And that's kind of what I was like, but, but that's not true. Like life isn't always happy. There's really Mm -hmm. sad times as well. There's times of struggle. There's different seasons in your life. So I was so young and naive when things started to get difficult on my journey of kind of trying to make it in my industry, I didn't know how to handle stress. I didn't know how to handle making quite a lot of money at the age of like 21 and then ended up in nearly 20 grand's worth of debt. I didn't know how to deal with um, suffering with anxiety or suffering with these types of issues. So I just was not prepared for life at all. And life came in all of its abundance and slapped me in the face. So it was in 2017 when I started to really struggle with the amount of stress that I was under. I was trying to, I was on that kind of entrepreneurial kind of hustle. I was very much into like Gary V at the time, like 
hustle, 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 yeah. just make it, make it, make it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just and be somebody. Be Yeah, be somebody all wrapped up in ego. Now on reflection, I know this at the time, I, you know, I was just doing what I was passionate about. And to be fair, I did have a heart for actually helping people as well. Mm-hmm. But long story short, I started to really struggle and I started to suffer with anxiety and I started having a couple of panic attacks. And then I just started to get really, really low. And I remember, and this is kind of one of the big significant things, is I had this panic attack. Um, and it was when, I don't know if you guys in the States, or you probably would have heard the coverage, but when Ariana Grande came over to the UK in Manchester and the bombing happened, yeah. it was that night that I had like a massive panic attack. I always just remember it was that night because I remember wow. it, obviously the significance of that date. Mm-hmm. So I had this massive panic attack and I was 22 and I was living with a girlfriend at the time and my mum had to drive over and like rock me and cradle me to sleep because mm-hmm. um, I was just a broken mess. But this was the craziest thing was the next morning I was book, booked in to go and travel to a local college and go and do a motivational talk to the next generation. Yeah. And my and my life was an absolute wreck at the time. I was in 20 grand's worth of debt. I was masking everything on social media. <laughs> I was living the dream. Nobody could see anything. Mm-hmm. You were the man. I was the guy with all the answers. And I show up late to this um, to this talk. And my eyes are all puffed up and I deliver this motivational talk and I say all the right things. I say all the right things. And the client was happy. Like, Oh, that was really good. The kids were happy and I was broken Mm. and I was just broken inside because I was like not practicing what I was preaching. Neither did I have all the answers. So it was in that moment when everything started to get really, really bad. It just continued to go downhill and then basically long story short i ended up splitting up with that girlfriend at the time i refused to go home because out of pride i just moved out of my parents place so i went and lived with my uncle in manchester and basically i one night i was just crying my eyes out in the back of my uncle's garden and i always say that i was just at the end of my will so I'd never say that I was kind of suicidal or I started to have them suicidal thoughts, but I was definitely at a point in my life when I was like, I don't know how to get out of this. Like all the self-help books, not helping. All the answers that I've accumulated over the years, not helping. And I always just say I was driven to my knees, basically. I just was. I was just in the back garden. It was raining. It was like a movie. It's pouring down rain. I'm sat there. I'm crying out. And I literally just say, if there's a God, if there's a God, help me. And it was just, just literally this desperate cry for like anything, whatever it was to come and help me. And then this, just this peace with no understanding just fell on me within a moment. And it was to the point where it was kind of like all the depression for a moment, just like kind of just lifted, it just lit for a moment, just lifted and something else replaced it to the point where it like grabbed my attention and I was just like, Oh, this is weird. And then I had what I like to call a thought with authority. So I just had this random thought come straight to the forefront of my mind. Now, now obviously being a lot more in my faith, I would say that I heard 
God speak to me or heard the voice of God. But at the time, it was just a thought. And for anyone who's listening going, what does God sound like? He sounds like you. <laughs> so it was yeah. just this. It was it just, exactly it, like you. It's super yeah, confusing. It's super confusing. So it never made it easy. <laughs> so, so, we, so it just comes to the forefront of my mind. And it was just this name. And this name was the name of a, a young woman called Haley Melanda. She was a speaker like myself. And she was kind of in my kind of network, I would say it. So it's someone that I kind of, I don't know that well personally, but I know of her and I've got a few connections with her. But in this time in my life where I'm totally depressed, anxious, don't know what to do, why is this woman's name just constantly coming to the forefront of my mind, nonstop, to the point where I was like, I'm going to have to reach out to this this girl. So long story short, I reached out to some of my network. I'm able to get her number. And I reach out to her and basically say, I actually drop her a text saying, I think I'm exactly where you were, you were. Because I read on a website that she suffered with depression and that her message was turning your pain into purpose. And at the time I was working, I'd quit speaking because I just couldn't do it anymore. I'd got a job in a mobile phone shop, selling mobile phones. And I'd just been signed off for three weeks with depression by the doctors. Mm. And as I'm reaching out to her, she gives me her number and I set up this call. And this call's being made literally just as I start work again. So I've just been off for three weeks. I've just jumped back in the workplace. I've set up this call with this girl. So this is when it starts to get weird. So, so <laughs> I'm on the phone to Haley, talking about how I'm feeling. And I basically just ask her the simple question how did you deal with that? Like, how did you deal with the anxiety? How did you deal with the depression? And she basically just said, well, when I was about to take my own life, I gave my life to Jesus. Mm. <laughs> and my reply was, what? <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, you gave your life to a dead man. Yeah. Um, and I was like, yeah. I was like, and um, what, like, the guy that, like, died on the cross, something to do, something, like, a Christian leader, something like that. Like, and that was, that was literally, that was literally, that was literally my concept of, like, Jesus. Do you know what I mean? I, I heard him in school, heard of him in school. And um, she goes, yeah. And I said, oh. I said, so you, like, believe in God? And she's like, yeah, I believe in God. He changed my life. I was like, well, the other night I did cry out to God and say, if you're real. And she went, well, there you go. His name's Jesus. And I was just like, mm. okay. Anyway, it was lovely speaking to you. Um, yeah. you know, yeah. um, and she's like, I'll be praying for you. Like, no, a proper Christian answer. I'll be praying for you that God reveals himself for you. I'm like, okay. All right. See you later. Bye. Get off the phone. And I get pulled into the office by my manager Portuguese guy and I thought it was like this return to work basically so I thought he was going to check up on my kind of mental health and he sits me down and he goes um, Luke your depression I said yeah he goes um, it's spiritual and I went hmm. what? he went it's spiritual yeah. do, you, do you know who Jesus Christ is? and I was like 
and I was thinking, have you been listening to my conversation? But anyway, this is weird in general. Anyway, you just don't do this in the workplace, right? And um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) she goes, do you know Jesus Christ is? I'm like, "Uh, kind of. And he was like, he changed my life. I used to be an addict, changed my wife's life. And basically give your life to Jesus. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay. Um, Anyway, thanks, boss. So then, so then, yeah. so then, thanks for that one. So then I go downstairs. This is all happening like, at the same time. I go downstairs and I go on the shop floor and I stand behind the tills. And this guy walks in. This man walks in, older guy. And I kid you not, this guy is glowing. Mm. Gl- glowing in the sense of like whether it was like an aura presence and you know i i always say that i don't feel like i've ever met an angel but if there was ever a time when an angel came as a messenger it was in this moment where this guy walks in and i'm like what so this guy comes up to the counter and he literally says to me how are you but he said it in like such a way like he knew not everything that i was going through i just remember being like um, yeah, um, I, I, to be honest, I've been, I've been going through quite a hard time actually. Now, now you say it, and I can't, I, don't, I can't remember if I like opened up to him a bit or like I must have said something because then he just started speaking about like this weird concept of life in the sense of like how he views life and how he just believes that we should be good people and about how you got to be honest and truthful. And he just, I was mesmerized by this man. Yeah. And then at the end of the conversation, he was just like, Oh, it was lovely speaking to you, Luke. Anyway, here you go. Here's a card. That's for you. If you need anything, ring me. He just walks off. And then on the card, there's just a scripture. I can't remember exactly what the scripture is. It was either Romans 12, two or another one. But it was just a scripture. And I knew, obviously, Bible, Jesus. I could put two together. And then I was like, hmm, this is a bit weird now because Haley's saying Jesus. My weird manager is now saying Jesus. And this random guy comes up to me and drops this card off. And it's scriptural. So then I was like, okay, this is weird. Long story short, I get back in touch with Haley and go, tell her what's going on and she's like oh my gosh like jesus really like he's really like he's really coming after you like big time mm-hmm. and i was just like so what do i do like like because i didn't grow up in church right there ain't no altar call in my life there ain't no like mm-hmm. there's nothing of this <laughs> none of this is going on i did not meet god in a church building at all and um, yeah. so i was just like so what do i do she's like just pray I'm like, like, pray what to who? And she's like, just say this prayer and say in Jesus' name. So I started doing these different prayers. And then I was like, do I get a Bible? She's like, yeah, get a Bible. I didn't know what Bible to get. So I Amazon just put Bible in. This big Celtic green Bible case. Like, this big, <laughs> like didn't know what I was doing. I'm just getting, like. Getting wild now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm dyslexic as well, right? So I, I struggle anyway. So this book comes and then I, I remember this is quite funny actually. I then, I then message Haley again and go, so, so what do I do with the Bible? She goes, pray to God and ask him to reveal things to you. 
I'm like, what? Like, pray to God and ask him to, re- like, what? Is the page going to jump off? Are the words going to move? Like, I had no idea. So, I, so I'm like, God, reveal things in scripture to me. And I'm reading and nothing's happening. So then I'm on YouTube and randomly I come across Stephen Furnick at Elevation Church. And it was just yeah. one of his videos, which was called When Anxiety Attacks. And I, I think I must have been Googling about how to deal with anxiety or something on YouTube. And then his video came up, When Anxiety Attacks. And it was like it just spoke right at me. And I was like, oh, I'm going to watch this. And that was it. And in that mm. sermon, I had a revelation of a truth that set me free from my anxiety, from my depression, from everything within a moment just went gone. And mm. Noah scripture says, and the truth shall set you free. It was like yeah. whatever revelation that he gave at that time spoke straight to the lie that I was believing and just, mm. just set me free of it. And obviously being from like a motivational speaker background, I was used to watching like Tony Robbins and motivational speakers. So watching some other guy that it looked like a motivational talk, but it was talking about the Bible. I was like, Oh my gosh, this is, this is so different. And this is really speaking to my soul, not my head. And Mm -hmm. that relationship continued with Haley in terms of like, so what do I do next? And she introduced me to like, music like christian music and then she introduced me to say a prayer to give my life to jesus so i'm doing all of this in my bedroom and in the car listening to music crying my eyes out because i'm feeling all these feelings and now i know to be the presence of god and i remember i remember my best mate who I've grown up with, still my best mate to today. He lives in Australia now. Still an atheist. I don't know if he's atheist, agnostic. I don't know what he is, but he's not a believer. I remember going <laughs> to his house and he obviously knew what I was going through. And he's like, how are you doing, mate? And I literally just said to him, I'm, I'm fine. He's like, what do you mean you're fine? I'm like, mate, I gave my life to Jesus. And he's like, you've joined a cult. <laughs> He was like, uh, uh, you, I was like, you joined the cult. And, and I was like, no, 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 I haven't been to a church, mate. Like, I listened to this song and I've watched these sermons and I'm like, mate, I, I just believe. And he just did the whole, well, whatever's good for you, mate. And yeah, yeah. I remember at the time, because my mom and dad are still not believers to this day. And um, even though I sow lots of seeds and they've definitely started to, to grow a little bit. But I remember at the time, people just saying to me, like, oh, it'll just be a phase. Yeah. And it just wasn't a phase. Like, from that moment on, I just, I just gave my life to Jesus and was like, okay, let's do this. Let's let's pursue him. Let's pursue whatever he is and whoever Jesus is and whatever the Bible is. Let's see what happens. And then, obviously, that's been my journey over the last, what, 2017? That was, so what's that? Like last six years, the last six years. But now, obviously, I've I've got loads of stories, but I'm sure we'll draw them out. But that that's kind of my that's my testimony. So there ain't no altar yeah. call. There weren't anything. It was just all in my bedroom. And that's where Jesus met me. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Thanks for sharing that. And it's super interesting how people respond. You know, when you 
when you tell them that you've accepted Jesus or when you, when you first come out of the bedroom, if you will, uh, and and allow (laughs) people to know, uh, that, that you're kind of walking this journey. It's interesting to see people's reaction or their faces. And they're just like, what? Like, especially if you have an agnostic friend or an atheist friend, they're just like, this doesn't even make any sense to Mm -hmm. me. This worldview is so completely outside of the realm of my possibilities that it doesn't make any sense. And definitely when, definitely when then you start to change, because then is it, you know, you know, when you, when I like, kind of received the Holy Spirit and then that was it. And then Jesus came cleaning up my life. Do you know what I mean? And then, yeah. then, then that starts to change. And then my mates are like, he's different. Like he's not, he's not, he doesn't like the same things. I struggle to go out. I struggle to party. I struggle to be around that. I struggled to be around girls in the same way. I just, everything just shifted. And it was difficult because these were all my mates. And yeah. I was just, I didn't desire any of the things that I desired three months ago. <laughs> so it's kind yeah. of like this radical change in who you are. And, but by the grace of God, the cool thing was, was on my speaker side of my life. So my network of people, turned out that they were all Christians and I didn't know. <laughs> so, so when obviously I gave you my life, sleeper. Yeah. When I was gave my life to Jesus and then I was telling everyone like, Oh yeah, I've given my life to Jesus. It was like a celebration party. They're like, Hey, he's in. Hey, and we've then, been yeah, waiting for you. Yeah, And it was like that. And then like a guy who's now literally like one of my spiritual mentors and a total brother, like he just, start to disciple me and everyone around me who I never knew were Christians mm. were all there and all entered, to, entered my life. And then that was it then, because then it just got exciting because then when I was going traveling to go and speak in these schools with all these other speakers, I would spend my nights in the hotel room, you know, with my Bible open asking a thousand and one questions about God and Jesus and what does it mean to be baptized by the Holy spirit? What do the tongues mean? What does this mean? What's that? And I know my friends at the time loved it because a lot of them grew up in church. So to them, mm-hmm. it's just culture. To me, this was like a new world. So I was so excited to learn all these new things. And it was such a beautiful kind of three year honeymoon phase where I was just obsessed with learning and learning as much as much as I could. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that I'm listening to NT Wright's book right now on audible, uh, his Paul book. Mm. And, uh, you know, obviously we all know, or, or for those that have read the Bible, I shouldn't assume, uh, for those that have read the Bible, um, they know that Paul had this, as we call it, Damascus experience where he kind of gets, uh, encounters, um, Jesus for the first time in a way that is, is interesting because he already knows God, you know, and mm-hmm. for somebody like you not knowing God, uh, it, it would take three years, but for Paul, it took like three days because yeah. he already had all of that backstory. You know, he had all that information and everything like that for somebody like you. It was like, we're going to need three years <laughs> yeah. in order to get to that place of understanding. <laughs> yeah. 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 It just came to me as you were saying. That's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. So, what are you doing these days, man? What's uh, you know, I I know that you're you're very much still speaking and and mm-hmm. and and doing things on Instagram and those type of things. But what's your uh, 
what's your biggest passion right now after that, that you know transformation yeah so i, I kind of it kind of links on to kind of what happened after i got i gave my life to jesus really i remember at the time i was looking for a church because i thought that's what you do and i came in a came across Hillsong Liverpool. They did a church plant in the UK mm. and that's where I got yeah. baptized. I got baptized in a paddling pool. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I remember speaking to the pastor there at the time and, and I said to her, I feel like I'm being called to ministry. Um, what do I do? And I remember her saying, well, if you're being called to ministry, it's going to happen in, in, the, in this church. So, you know, um, this is what you should do. You should join the connections team. I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. okay. So <laughs> join the connection team. Yeah. Hi guys, welcome to church. And, and I was just like, mm, this ain't it. I asked, I thought I was being called into ministry. I'm reading here that we need to make disciples. I want to make disciples. I remember mm. thinking, like, I want to, how do I make disciples? This is what it says. It says I should make disciples. How do I do that? And no one. Mm. No, this is my guidebook. And, I'm going word for word. Yeah. Now. And no one was giving me the answers. They were like, no, you could join the connections team. You could join this team. You could join that. I'm like, no, no I don't want to play church. I want yeah. to make, I want to make disciples. Mm. Please tell me how to do this. And no one was giving me the answers that, that I wanted. So wow. I've kind of, been on this hunt ever since where I've been like, okay, I'm going to make disciples. I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going to evangelize. I'm going to do all these things. Um, but I might as well just do it where I'm at. I might as well yeah. just do it in my workplace. I might as well just do it when I go and speak at a school or at a business. I might as well just pray over people in business meetings. I might, might as well just do that because that makes sense. And mm -hmm. Yeah. It was kind of when I went on that journey of going, okay, God, I want to give to them what you gave to me. Hmm. You know, that scripture that says, you know, as it was, um, as I've, I've received, I freely give. Do you know what I mean, I just wanted to freely give what it is that God had, uh, God had given me. And I became obsessed with purpose hmm. and the topic of purpose. Yeah. And that, and that's where I've kind of built my kind of my life around um, my message around is trying to inspire a generation. I say to live and lead with purpose. And the reason why I say that is because the world has an idea of what purpose may look like. So the world has a concept of purpose, but then the kingdom has a concept of purpose. And for me, I, I want to bring the kingdom and the revelation of the kingdom and the word and the message of the kingdom into the world I'm going to talk about purpose from that perspective. I'm not going to speak about purpose. Like, you know, you have a purpose and find your purpose and what's your dream. Um, yeah. it's like, no, I often say to people, okay, so you don't have a purpose. And they're all like, what? But you say, <laughs> but, you, what? But, but you're saying to live and lead with purpose. I'm like, I am. And I, but, but I don't have a purpose. I'm like, well, technically you do and you don't. And what I talk about is that, you know, the Bible doesn't talk about your purpose. Don't mention your purpose. It talks about his, his yeah. purpose. I will work all things out for my purpose, mm -hmm. his purpose. So it's very much that God is very much 
I'm king, it's my will, and it's my will be done. And that's what I'm going to do in the world. So yeah. you have a choice. You can either do my will or you can do your own. And I've just kind of gone, okay, well, I want to live and lead with your purpose, not mine. So, so that's kind of my, my journey and my message in going into the marketplace and going to people who are trying to find their purpose and giving them a revelation of God's kingdom and giving them a revelation of Jesus. And I'm discipling non-believers in business meetings, in coaching sessions, and mm-hmm. um, where I'm teaching them scripture and I'm talking about Jesus and none of them are believers. And I guess... And a lot of people say to me, like, you know, it's a very unique, weird thing where you're kind of discipling people that aren't believers, but then you kind of bring them to Christ. But then I was like, but when Jesus called his disciples, mm. they they didn't have a full revelation of him at the time. Right. Like, they still had questions. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? When he called Peter, like, that miracle happened. He had this encounter. Obviously, his brother's like, this is the guy. Like, this is the guy. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And he's like, mm, I'm not sure, but I'm going to follow him because that was cool. And, and there's something yeah. in me that every time that you speak, it resonates as truth within me. Mm-hmm. And then he followed him. And then yeah. he learned about his kingdom and he experienced his kingdom over a three-year period where they were like, oh my gosh, that's weird. And then when Jesus is talking about the kingdom to the outside world, he's talking in parables. And they're like, so why do you talk in parables to them? But then to us, you're explaining things. He's like, because you know, I'm discipling you. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. preaching to them, but I'm discipling yeah. you. So, so I've kind of wanted to take that message. And I, I love it when I think it's Paul that says, I am an ambassador of Christ. I'm an ambassador of this this message. And I remember when I read that for the first time, and I love um, Dr. Miles Monroe as well. And I read this this thing, being an ambassador for Christ, an ambassador for his kingdom. And I literally Googled and I was like, okay, what is an ambassador? Because I love doing that. Like, what is an ambassador? And then I started talking about a governmental ambassador. And it was like, this is a guy that's sent from um, another nation to another nation from one country to another country. And he's in this other country to do the will of his country and to work with them and to create harmony and to create peace and to basically bring that country, that country's culture into that country. And I was just like, mm-hmm. Oh, so that's what you mean we're meant to do. So we're, so yeah. we're meant to have, we're meant to carry the kingdom of God and the revelation of it and the power of it through the Holy spirit. And we're meant to share this and meant to exercise this in the world. And that's when I felt like God was like, yeah, you you are my kingdom ambassador. And wherever you go, the government comes with you. And, and that's kind of been my revelation of it and been like, okay, let's go then. Like, let's go into business. Let's go into schools. Let's do this and let's see what happens. And then, mm-hmm. so I see, I guess, what do I see myself as? I guess a, a company would book me as a motivational speaker. Um, a business entrepreneur might book me and call me their coach. Someone might call me their mentor. But to me, I'm, I'm a missionary. 
and the mission that I've been sent on as a, as an ambassador is to tell people about his kingdom and to demonstrate it through the gifts that that God has given me. So that's what yeah. that's what that's why that's what I love doing. Yeah, I love that approach because we've we've talked about before like a lot of people are turned off of Jesus by the church, like not on purpose, but you know, they had a a bad negative encounter with the church or somebody in the church or whatever. And I think making people understand that we are the church, like, so you going out and doing your job and, and being the church is how it's designed to be. You know, we don't have to go sit in a pew and, you know, do all this formal Christianese stuff. Mm -hmm. We can, we can just be who we are and carry Jesus with us. And that that's the power of the Holy Spirit. Exactly. And I think it was, it was when, when I kind of got more and more of a revelation of this, because then obviously I'm in church and I'm plugged into a church, right? But I'm plugged in for the community for the reason that it says we should gather, we should still gather mm-hmm. and we need to be mm-hmm. equipped, um, equipped for the works of ministry. So we're gathering yeah, we're gathering and fellowshipping, but we're gathering to be equipped. And we should be gathering to hear what God's saying for us to then go out and do our assignments and to continue to do our work. So we're all coming together and we're going, right, God, what is, what is it that you're doing? What is it that you want us to do? And I think it should also be a place where we gather and go, guys, this is what I need for my assignment. This is what I'm needing for my assignment. And then mm-hmm. we, we sort that out. We sort that out. Yeah. And I think that's what, where it's meant to be. We're meant to be, well, his governing body on earth. Mm-hmm. And, yes. um, and it's about us using the resources that God has given us uh, mm-hmm. for his purpose and for his will. And I always find it interesting because, you know, you read scripture and I'm like, okay, so people just sold the house. People just did all kinds and laid it at the apostles' feet. And it said that nobody was without need. And I'm like, well, that makes sense because if everyone just lived with open hands and then literally it was just like, okay, guys, so what's everyone's assignment? So I, I, I'm a very practical guy, right? So you guys, are, you guys are podcasting, right? So the Lord said to you guys, right, you're going to start a podcast and you're going to call it this and you're going to do it this way because you're reaching a very specific type of people. Great. Mm-hmm. So what do you guys need to do this podcast amazingly well? Do you guys need a building? Do you need the best cameras that you can possibly get. Like, like what do you actually need? Now, if you need them things, the body then should be like, all right, I'm going to sort you out. Mm-hmm. So, so what do you need? Cash? All right, we'll give you cash. What do you need? I've got some tech. I've got a studio. I've got this. You can do use that. Because if we were all focused on the mission and we were all focused yeah. on what God was trying to do, we'd yeah. all just help each other out to do it. And we wouldn't yeah. be without yep. need. We wouldn't be out without lack. But what we're doing is we're all on our own individual kind of missions, struggling by ourselves, rather than it's like, no, why don't we, when we do come together, we're all looking after each other. We all know what everyone's doing and we can resource each other to then go out into the world and go and do all the things that we're doing. I've gone on a tangent there because I'm passionate about it. No, it's a great but, tangent. No, I love uh, it. But that's, that's what the, I'm passionate that's about. That's the beauty of it. When you when you don't as an American, when you don't grow up in a monarchy or you don't understand kingdom, you you don't know. I mean, you're you're taught as an American that the government is in charge and you're not and that and that freedom is well, you're free, but freedom is only 
contingent on you doing the right thing and you, you know, and so you have certain freedoms and certain things that you can do. And I think as the church, it becomes the Americanized gospel because you, you see God as the government, as the, the, the rule giver. And, you know, that, that you, you have this governmental body over you that is telling you what to do and blah, 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 where, what you're saying is, is that we are to see Jesus's kingdom as that where he has already set the parameters for what it is that we are supposed to do as a kingdom. And then he invites all of us to participate in that. And instead of being a ruling governing uh, head, he's allowing all of us to rule and govern ourselves to where we come together as communities and rule and govern ourselves based on all of the things that Jesus has already said, all of the things that he's already put into place. And so I think that's very uh, awesome point that you're making because it helps people to reshape things in their mind, knowing that it's okay to bow to to a king, mm. that's okay if your king is Jesus. Yeah, exactly. Because, because any man that you would, or woman, or anybody that you were to put in a king uh, role, we've found history's taught us that that doesn't work. It just doesn't mm. work. There is no opportunity uh, for any man to be able to do that. Even King David, uh, a man after God's own heart, mm-hmm. he, he had issues. There was things that came up, and that's because we're humans. But when you have the human Jesus, who is also God, understands everything that we're going through, but he also understands the heavenly things. He's our perfect mediator. He's going to be our perfect king. There is a reason that he was allowed to come and do what he did because he is the perfect mediator. Mm-hmm. And when we, when we're asked to bow down to Jesus, it's not, we're not bowing to the government. We're not bowing to a monarchy that is a tyrannical monarchy that wants to start wars and do all these different things. We're, we're bowing to the Prince of Peace. Yes. Yes. Mm. And and the one that is the healer and the one that wants us to love each other and to be nice to each other and all those different things. And then we have people in the world that are they're like, we don't want to, we don't want to do this whole Jesus thing. It seems crazy. And you're like, no, what you're doing seems crazy. Following these rulers is crazy. Yes. And and it's, and like, you made a great point. I was actually thinking of that before. It's like, how do we, how should we be known? Well, he says we should be known by the way that you love each other. But it's like, you should be known by our fruits. Like, that's ultimately how we should be known. We should be so much so that like, and the greatest example is, say you have someone who visits, well, he's a great example. I'm not from America, right? I haven't been to America before. So I fly over to America, right? And if we hang out for a while, I'm going to do things naturally that I do in my own home country. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'll speak slightly differently. I'll address people differently. Like, I might be walking down the street. And like, All right, mate. Right. Like, do you know what I mean? Have super friendly. Rubbish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, just doing different things. The way that I use money, think about money, might be totally different. Because mm-hmm. I've been I've been grown up in a culture that is different from yours. So then when I enter your country, I stand out like a sore thumb. Because like who's the English guy? And you go and that's where we get all them kind of funny jokes in terms of like, oh, how can how can you tell they're English? And what you start to do is you start to explain 
the cultural things that I do. Maybe it's the language that I speak or the things that I like or in the same way, we shouldn't need to say the name Jesus. They should just see it. And that's originally, that's why people were called Christians because they're like Christ-like. They were a little, little Christian. It wasn't like yeah. everyone needs to follow Jesus. Everyone, Jesus, Jesus. They were just like, mm, there's them. I can smell them. I can see him. Like, look at them praying for people. <laughs> that's kind of Jesus-y. Yeah, he's a bit Jesus-y. <laughs> he's got a weird Jesus vibe going on. And the greatest testimony I've got over this is like me being in the marketplace, doing a talk, not mentioning Jesus, not mentioning God at all. Yeah. And then people coming to me after the talk and gone, are you a Christian? Happens all the time. Mm. You're a Christian. Yeah. yeah. I was like, how did you know? can just tell and and i was like there you go so whatever it is that i'm carrying it whatever it is that how i'm speaking or the concepts or the worldviews that i'm bringing or the perspective resonates to you that to the believer they go are you a christian to the non-believer they go what you're saying is so true and the reason why it's so true is because i'm speaking from the truth and because you were made in truth your spirit's mm-hmm. picking up that what I'm saying feels like the truth to you. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so, so the two, the two kind of work in that marketplace, you've got believers going, you sound like a Christian, you've got non-believers sound. what you're saying is true. And that's yeah. kind of the approach that I take. And I don't always just talk about Jesus. I don't talk about God, but I'm having these interactions with people. And then I'll start speaking words of knowledge just naturally in the spirit. And people are like, how do you know that? How did you know that about my life? How did you? I'm like, Christian, I'm Jesus. Jesus knows you. Mm-hmm. What, what do you mean Jesus yeah. knows me? Oh, man, yeah, and he knows this too, and he knows that too. Can I pray for you? Yeah, I pray for you. And then a week later, what I prayed for came true. And they're like, yeah. well, there's something about there's something about this Jesus guy. I'm like, yeah. But the thing is, they met me before they met Jesus. Mm-hmm. And they built a relationship up with me before they came to Jesus. Yeah. And and that and that's yeah. what that's what I, we're meant to be. We're meant to represent him and his kingdom. I'm not Jesus. Yeah. I'm not Jesus. Yeah. It makes you think of the you know the body of Christ being that we all have different different things we can you know different attributes we can give to people. And if yours is is speaking Jesus without speaking Jesus, like that you're doing that's your purpose that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and i think a lot of people are floundering in this world today because they're not doing what their what their gifting is mm-hmm. and it's not to say that i don't ever speak about jesus because i do but what i do mm-hmm. and i and i, I see it quite passion pa- um quite um passionately the way that jesus did it so mm-hmm. he preached yeah. the gospel jesus preached the gospel says so yeah the kingdom that was the good news. That was the kingdom. And the revelation was he is the king of that kingdom. And then the whole revelation to the people that were bound by the law was, oh, by the way, all of this now is all fulfilled. So you can do that. Now, to a Gentile or a non-believer, the sin, the law, all of that is irrelevant. Mm-hmm. And I say this a lot, like when we're, when we're preaching, when I talk a lot of people about evangelism or when I evangelize, I'm like, don't sit someone down 
and try to tell them some good news and start with you're going to go you're going to hell and this is why you're sending you this and explain all this stuff that is irrelevant because they're not jewish they're not jew they're not bound by the law so that's a rel- that makes no sense to them mm-hmm. just tell them about the kingdom tell them mm-hmm. about their purpose in christ show them by demonstration of signs miracles and wonders this kingdom and be sure and know that they will go jesus christ is lord i go yeah he is mm-hmm. so yeah. so so it's I'm massively passionate about the kingdom message and the revelation of the kingdom and the kingdom should be in the world and through the world and is the best news in the world. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm massively trying to push the kingdom message all the time because, you know, it gets, it gets so watered down in American churches. Anyway, I've I've been to several, I mean, I can, I can probably list off a, a, 50 churches that I've been to where, you know, this kingdom message has been just so diluted to where, you know, it's like, oh, the kingdom, the kingdom, and everybody's talking like kingdom is heaven. And when we get to heaven, eventually when we get to heaven, we're going to have all of this. And you're like, that's not what he's saying. No, he's saying that that we're bringing the kingdom to earth as it is in heaven. The kingdom in heaven already exists. Yes. Like we're not trying to build a kingdom (laughs) in heaven. It's already there. It's done. Yeah. What we're trying to do is bring that kingdom to heaven or to earth on earth as it is in heaven. He says it is in his own prayer. Yeah. And the, that whole backwards mindset that somehow got placed in, in everybody's minds because it's not in the Bible. It got placed in our minds Mm -hmm. through, through people telling us this stuff Uh, and, and us not being good Bereans and getting into our Bible and and really Mm -hmm. going through it and figuring out what it says for us Mm -hmm. and for what it actually says. But the, the fact is, is that the Bible says that we are to bring heaven and earth together as ambassadors, like you were saying, and all of us collectively, if we do what Paul was doing, what Peter was doing, what all the disciples were doing, coming together, selling all of our stuff, being in community, that is bringing the kingdom of heaven. And and that's why I always joke, you know, if we would, if we as the people would actually just start doing what Jesus said <laughs> and actually living like we live in the kingdom right now, we would have world peace tomorrow mm-hmm. because yeah. we would all finally begin to treat each other the way that we're supposed to and realize that that kingdom that we're all waiting for is already here. We can have it today yeah. and, and, have I, it right now. and I find it really interesting. So, so when Jesus talks about that parable of the sower and it lands on different things and then it mm-hmm. talks about one of them talks about um, what was it? like the fear of the world and the, like the possessions and stuff like that and mm-hmm. wealth and stuff like that. It's like, because the kingdom message is very much about you, one dying to self. You mm-hmm. don't own anything anymore because the revelation of the kingdom is you don't own nothing. <laughs> like he owns it all, meaning how you handle it and steward it is totally different. And right. and that whole concept changes everything because then you start going, well, God, how how do I live my life? Like, how am I going to eat? How am I going to drink? How what, what am I going to wear? And Jesus literally talks about this in Matthew Matthew six. That's how he sets it up. Mm-hmm. He's like, don't yeah. worry about the worldly things. Don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to do. That. Don't worry about them things. But seek first my kingdom. 
mm-hmm. and my righteousness, meaning seek first my weight, like my rulership in your life. So my concepts, mm-hmm. how I, how I work, my, my philosophy, like everything. And you'll find all of that in scripture, how to mm-hmm. deal with money, how to deal all of that. Follow that and be righteous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're going to be okay. Just do that. And, and I've, I've experienced this in my life in so many different ways where here's a good practical example, right? Where I feel like God was showing me something is, um, I started this kind of project and it's up and running now. It's called the made to thrive movement, but I kind of started it three years ago. Um, and I remember putting out this GoFundMe page and I was like, Hey, this is what I'm doing really passionate about Jesus and I want to change the world. <laughs> right? And I put this GoFundMe page out and this anonymous person sends me 250 pounds and it was just anonymous. Next day, I was like, oh, I was like, this is weird because I hadn't really shared it. It just, boom, came. I was like, okay. So then I was like, right, so what should I do? So I was like, I should probably ask God. Right, because this isn't my money. This was my. This was what God was trying to teach me. This ain't my money. It's just now in my hands. So what? Mm-hmm. What am I meant to do with it? God, do you want me to invest it? Do you want me to multiply this? If so, give me a wealth strategy. Do you know what I mean? Do you want me to multiply this resource? No. Okay. Right. You don't want me to do that. Great. Am I meant to use it for my project? Is it meant to pay for like a, a speaker? No. Okay what do you want me to do? He goes, you're going to give it away. I was like, mm. I was like, but you just gave me it. Huh? I was like, why, why would it? I was like, why would you? Anyway, so I was like, who do I give it away from? Way to. And then he gives me, gives me the name of the person. He goes, Jody. So Jody is 18 years old, very passionate evangelist. And she was really passionate about design. And she like designed these amazing like stickers saying you're loved and stuff like that. And she was just so passionate about sharing the gospel. And she was saying to me a few weeks ago, like I've put my own money into this. Like, should I sell them? Like should I sell them? Because I want to obviously keep this going. So I'm there with 250 quid. I'm like, give it to Jody. I'm like, okay. So then I, I ring Jody up and she's telling me about what's going on. And she goes, Luke, I feel like God's saying I should just give these all away for free. She said, but if I do that, how am I going to have any money to do the next batch? And I just went, Mm -hmm. don't worry about that. I said, just do what you think God's telling you. She goes, okay. Mm. I go, okay, brilliant. Send me your bank account details. And she's like, what? I'm going to send you 250 quid. She goes, no, 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 you can't do that. I said, no, God told you to give that away for free. What you didn't know is that God told somebody in America to send me 250 pounds because I am in contact with you because you needed that money because God was saying, you're going to sow this for free. He knew that I would be obedient enough to give you that money. If he gave me 250 pounds and trust me, I could do with that 250 quid. So he told this other person to give it to me. And I had this revelation. I was like, oh my gosh, this is how his kingdom works. He's just passing his resources. So then as I give it her and she's like, oh my gosh, like this is the same amount that I spent on my stickers. I'm like, the scripture for that, but enjoy. Yeah. Could you not? <laughs> could, could you not? Three days later, 
250 pounds, the same woman sends the money straight back into my account with a message saying, God believes in what you're doing or God's in what you're doing. And it was in that moment, I was like, God, you just give me a revelation of your kingdom. Like that this money isn't mine and that Mm -hmm. he will happily give people resources if he can trust his people to be resourceful. Mm. And then I had this understanding of, oh my gosh, we should never worry. If we were, if we did this right, we would never have to worry about anything. And then here's another cool story for you and your listeners. Last year, I made a bad decision. By I made a decision to go and work for one of my mates for a company as a consultant. And I'll tell you why it was a bad decision because I made the decision based on thinking that it would be good for my career and that I would make more money. And that's the honest truth, right? It was a money decision because we were struggling financially at the time. And I was trusting God and I was still giving away 10% of everything. I'll tell you that in a second, which has been highly powerful. And I made this decision to go and do that. Anyway, turned sour, which of course it was because God wasn't in it. (laughs) Anyway, so then I'm lost without a job. This guy won't pay me my wage. He owes me about two grand and we've got no money. And I remember crying out to Jesus. I was just like, you have to do something here. I need that money. Like we, we're out of cash. We've used everything. We're at the breadline. Please, Jesus, please. So I'm crying, crying at my kitchen sink, crying out to Jesus. Like I haven't cried out to him since I probably gave my life, if I'm honest. I've got, my wife doesn't work because she's been raising the kids. I've got a house, I've got a mortgage. I'm trusting God with everything because I hadn't even chosen to get a job because I felt that the Lord was like, I'm going to, don't move yet. I'm I'm coming. I'm like, oh, I need 1,500 pounds by tomorrow, God. That was it, like that moment. So then my wife's um, with my mother-in-law and they're on the way back. And I'm like, I don't want to be in this house. I was upset. I was angry with myself out of my, I felt like I was not being obedient to what God had told me prior. I got in the car and I just started driving. I didn't know where I was driving. I was like, I'm getting out of this house. Anyway, this guy rings me who I met at a church about two years ago. And we weren't super close, but I knew of him. This guy rings me. He goes, Hey Lee, how you doing? I was like, not good. <laughs> I was like, in a bad place, really struggling. Not good. Yeah, not good, man, struggling. He's like, all right. He goes, well, if you ever want a cup of tea, let me know. I'm like, okay. And I hung up. And then I heard the Holy Spirit just went, where are you going? Like, where are you going right now? So I was like, okay, I'll go for a cup of tea. I knew this guy was going to talk about Jesus, and this guy is very encouraging. So I drive to this guy's house, never been there before, drive about 40 minutes, I get in, have a conversation with him, have a brew with him, tell him exactly how I'm feeling, open up. And I was about to leave and I I left encouraged. You know, we spoke about Jesus, trusting God and everything. I left encouraged. Then he goes to his back pocket, pulls out an envelope with 1,500 pounds cash in it and says, God told me to give you that with the scripture saying um, the worker is worth his wages. Yeah. And I just burst out crying. And that's when the Lord just said to me again, you'll never run dry. 
you'll never run dry. If you live your life thinking that you will not be okay, if you live your life in that scarcity mindset around money, mm. you will do everything to follow it. It's like that scripture that says, you know, you can't, the love of money is a root of all evil. You can't have two masters, you know, money or God. Right. But it isn't that money's evil. It's like, what, who's your master? What are you working for? So you get up today, you're going to your job. Are you doing that job to pay your mortgage? Or are you doing that job? If that's the reason, then money is your master. If you're going to that job because God has provided you that job, but as you show up, you're always open to the Holy Spirit using you. You're always thinking from an ambassador point of view going, from a cultural point of view, where can I step in? Where can I intercede? What, what seeds can I be sown today? Yeah, you're going to have money as well but you're not being mastered by that anymore. Mm. And, and, and it was just when the Lord just gave me this more of this revelation about his kingdom and about his resources and about wealth. Cause I believe right now there's going to be a massive, and a lot of people talk about massive wealth transfer that, mm. that, that the body of Christ is going to come, is sure. come into a lot of resources. Now I'm, I'm telling you right this right now, the reason being is because God wants to do and start a lot of big things. Mm-hmm. like he's he 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 is wanting to start a lot of new projects he's wanting to start a lot of businesses he's going to want to start a lot of ministries mm-hmm. because he's wanting his kingdom to come and there's people right now christians that god has given a dream a mandate mm-hmm. a mission that's on the inside of them and they're going but god it's too big where, where are we going to get the money from how are we going to start this podcast how are we going to start this how are we going to do that mm-hmm. If God just says, God say no, if you just believe me, I will put in the hands the wealth that is needed. Mm-hmm. And if you just share your vision and you just go by obedient, someone will lay it at your feet. And I just, mm-hmm. I massively believe that right now in the body of Christ is that everyone should just be now preparing for their mandate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just prepare for what it is that God's saying and just know that he's about to back it big time as well. Yeah. It's a really good word because people don't realize that everything's about to change. And if, and if you can't feel it in the air, you're not really paying attention. And hopefully people out there listening are paying enough attention to know that the banks are dropping. They're, they're dying out. The, the whole system of banking that we're doing right now is going away completely. Yeah. Period. Yeah. I don't care what anybody says. We're going back to God's money, yeah. gold and silver, mm-hmm. and it's going to be a new thing. And people are going to be shaken at first, but then they're going to realize the incredible thing that God has done to pull us out of the slavery that we're in right now in this financial system and give us the abundance and freedom to to bring his kingdom in the way that he envisioned it in the whole time. Mm-hmm. And allowing those uh, funds to come flowing out of uh, almost like you know when when um, when Noah's flood happened and there and the ground was bursting open and and the floodgates were happening. I, I have seen, I know that that's kind of what's going to happen with these humanitarian funds. Um, it's going to be a thing of beauty, and people are going to have no idea. Um, where all of this came from 
they're probably not going to want to know where all this extra gold and and silver came from, but they're going to know that God has repurposed all of it back to its original, what what he intended it to be, all of it that was stolen from us. And he's going to bring it back to a place of of, uh, reconciliation for sure. A thousand percent. And I think that's why the body of Christ needs to do two things. They need to find out what it is that God's asking them to do. Like, mm-hmm. what is it? What's the mandate for their life? Like, mm-hmm. what area are they meant to occupy? And I'll tell you something about that in a minute that the God gave me, which was powerful. And then the other thing is you need to understand the kingdom and get a full revelation of how it works because you're about to live that way. So mm-hmm. so if you don't know how this thing's going to work and you're going to still be conforming to the patterns of this world right now, you're going to struggle. And then the greatest thing is going to happen. If you can get your kingdom mindset on your head is when people start to freak out and go, what are we meant to do? There's no gas. There's none of this. There's no this, this. It should be then with the body of Christ are the most in demand people. Cause they're not going to, yeah. they're not, they're going to be totally at peace. They're going to have all the solutions. I like to call it kingdom solutions. They go, well, how do I run my business now? How do I live my life this way? How do I do this? And be like, Hey, we're going to give you exactly how you're going to do it. Yes. And and through that glory and through that revelation, you're also going to come to know the kingdom of God and Christ Jesus. Yes. So yeah. I think we've got to get that revelation of the kingdom. And then also we've got to work out what is it that God's, God's saying to you. So one thing that God <laughs> gave me three years ago, and I just, I don't know, this might help people in terms of like, when they feel like they're having the same ideas or concepts, I've been drawing this thing for three years, like a psychopath, <laughs> like just the same, the same thing for three years. Yeah. Call it up on your wall with yeah. red cords. Yeah. And I'm like, God, I'm like, God, you're doing something here. I didn't realize what he was giving me, but he was just giving me like a blueprint. And, mm. and what I didn't realize he was giving me a blueprint, but he would give me the revelation over time of where it all tied in. And it was basically just three things. It was, it, you know, your mandate, your mission and your mountain. They were the three things. I'm going to give you a mandate. I'm going to give you a mission. I'm going to give you a mountain. Mm-hmm. And obviously the mountain, and people have talked about like the seven mountains of influence, and there's kind of people that have spoken about that. But it's really just understanding how culture works. Mm-hmm. And, it, and the first thing, the, the picture that I like to see is first, it's like work out your mountain. Like what is it that you're passionate about? What's your natural gift? And for me, it's business just is it's the grace of my life business. For some people it's education. For some people it's music it's arts. Uh, for some people it's politics. For some people it's religion. Do you know what I mean? It's just like career for Christians, <laughs> like career advice for Christians. It's like, what are you thinking about? And then when you get to the mountain, <clears throat> what you're going to realize is you're going to stand on a mountain that, that, that Satan has ruled over for so long. Mm-hmm. So you're going to go into business and go, Hmm something's not right. And I'm here to say, that's a good thing because what you go in and what you're carrying is a revelation of how it should be. So the reason why the world right now, believers, non-believers are in the world going, huh? Something isn't right. I don't trust politics like I've trusted over the years. Business seems corrupt like never before. Yes. Why, why are we legalizing this? Why are we doing this? It's because God's showing you his mountain. He's showing you Zion. He's showing you his kingdom by revelation. 
So he's giving you the blueprint of what you see is needed is the demand that you're meant to supply. Yes. So, so God is calling you and giving you a mission, giving you that assignment to go the area in which you see specifically that you feel like you could fill, go and do that. And he'll give you a mandate. He'll say, go and start that business. Go and create that product. Go and start that ministry. Go and supply what the earth is demanding. And that's where the wealth transfer will come in. Because what you will do is step into a place that God will make room for you, just like he did with Joseph. He'll make a way for you to go into a mountain, to go into an Egypt, go into a situation, and you will go and say, I have the solution. Just like Joseph did. And Pharaoh was going, but the famine, this is happening. And Joseph was like, I have the solution. How do you have the solution? Because God's with me. You will do exactly the same thing in the area of business, in the area of politics, in the area of religion, in all these areas of culture, the body of Christ will be given the solutions to the problems that are going to manifest themselves as God shakes the heavens. And that is where the biggest wealth transfer will happen because then we will all be in position to do what we were meant to do in the first place, which was to occupy what it is that God would give us in the first place. And that's when mm-hmm. what annoys me about the church is when we go, but we shouldn't be secular and we shouldn't be. I'm like, mate, there ain't no this and that. There's yeah. the world. <laughs> and God said, I created you to be in the world. And it's not to be your kingdom, but it's a part of my kingdom and occupy yes. it. So yes, we should be doing business, but we should be doing it a godly way. Yes, we should be singing songs but we shouldn't be singing songs about twerking and about murdering mm-hmm. people. We should be singing mm-hmm. songs about loving one another or, do you know what I mean? Just nice songs. They don't have to be Christianese songs where we're always just yeah. Jesus. Right. And just always singing praise like you're an angel sitting on a cloud somewhere. And, like and, you can actually <laughs> sing about the beauty of nature. You can yeah. sing about relationships and all of those different things. Yeah, we just but don't give need a, the bees and the hoes. Give a revelation <laughs> of Jesus. Like that's it. Like, yeah. oh, you feel like you're called to make movies. Brilliant. We don't need another passion of Christ. We don't. Like, and no. by the way, I love the chosen. I think God is in that and it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, if, you're, if you're there to make a movie, just make a really, really good movie that people mm-hmm. really, really enjoy. But guess what? It's so rooted in the truth. So then yes. people actually start to be conformed, not to this world, but to his. That's that's yes. how we do it. Just play the same book that Satan has been doing all this time. Just play mm-hmm. the same rock thing. And you will yeah. and, and we will occupy. Yeah, when you yep. talk about like groomers and, uh, you know, people that are trying to, uh, you know, brainwash you and all of those different things, it's like, yeah, 
That's what they're doing, but we can do that too. We can retrain people's minds. We can, we can wake them up to the things that are going on. And, and that's what we really seek to do with this podcast because, you know, I believe that God told us to do this podcast Mm -hmm. so that we could, because we had done the research, we had done all the work, we had done all those things and uh, maybe even to extremes at points, you know, where my wife's like, are we still reading that? (laughs) And it's just like, all right, now we've just been in that rabbit hole for a week. Can we come up for air now? And, you know, you get to that point where you're just, you're hungry for change. You're, you have this hope to see the kingdom come about, like Jesus said, and you're just like, I want to force this to happen almost, but, but you have to be gentle and, and, and calm and wait for the timing, wait for Mm -hmm. God's timing, wait for the resources, wait for all those things and walking in step with the Holy spirit, not ahead, not behind, you know, right I always tell my son when he's walking with us because he's autistic, he likes to run. Yeah. He just always runs. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, bro, just stand right here next to me. Mm-hmm. Just right here next. He can't figure it out. It's either yeah. all the way up there or all the way behind me. And that's probably what I am to, to Jesus. You know, like I'm always running ahead or behind. <laughs> and he's always like, hey, buddy. <laughs> hey, Rick, just right here is good. Just right next to me. We'll just walk here. And I think if we can figure that out and really be good ambassadors, that's what we're seeking to do. Mm-hmm. We want to teach people that the kingdom is a real thing and we can bring it to earth mm. as it is in heaven. We can work together and, and, and sharing and the understanding of retraining our minds to understand what money is. Yeah. That it is a tool. It is yeah. not a, it is not a possession. I don't need to hold on to it. You know, and in America, we're taught that, you know, you you have your freedom. So you have your autonomy. So I get to have all my own land and my mm-hmm. own cars and my own. And then you're watching the music videos and things that you were talking about, the, the things of this world where you're looking at LeBron James and you got to have a you got to have seven mansions and 15 cars and all of these different. And you're like, why? Yeah. You know, it's like these kids are being told that this is what you need to uh, aspire to. But then when you watch all the behind the musics and all the behind the NBA and all that stuff, you're like, oh, okay, these guys are not living good, wholesome lives and they're not happy. They they usually end up spending all of their money and becoming broke and destitute and blowing up all their relationships and all Mm -hmm. those things. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, that's what we want as as a culture. Come on. That's not what we want. Mm -hmm. We want to be able to know that there's not people in the world struggling to find food. Yeah. You know, we want to know that there's not people in the world struggling to get by and to just have clean water, you yeah. know, and yeah. to have medicine that we know is going to, to help them uh, or the finances to do the things that they need to do. We need to come together. As you're saying, that's why I love your message and I will keep promoting you for uh, as long as we do this yeah. podcast, because uh, I think, I think you're, you're teaching people what I've been trying to teach people for a long time mm. is this church thing is bogus. What, mm. what we're doing over here, wherever you go to church, that's not what Jesus wants you to do. Yeah. What Jesus wants you to do is be a true disciple, discipling others every single day in everything that you do. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure, for sure. And I think I, 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 I'm excited. That's what I am. I'm excited for what's coming because at the end of the day, God's on the throne. 
his will is yeah. done. Yep. And, you know, I haven't got a Bible on me, but it's finished. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I, I'm very much, and I see it a lot, not to call out the American church, but I do see a lot of it in the American church, like very fearful and like, mm-hmm. very, you know, give a lot of glory to Satan at times as well. And we give a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, you know, devil this and devil that and devil that. I'm like, mate, get God back on your throne. Like, mm-hmm. don't focus on what he's doing. Focus on what God's doing because yeah. he's doing it because he knows God's about to do it. So, so just keep your eyes fixed on Jesus and just go, Hey, my Lord, Hey, your kingdom come. And when you live in that, it says that it's a kingdom of righteousness, peace and joy. So that's what we should be feeling. We should be living righteously, feeling his peace and being joyful in our salvation, being joyful in the knowledge of him and his kingdom. And when people say, Oh Jesus, just come back, please give up. I'm like, don't do that. Don't, don't do that. Don't ask him yet, please. Because if he came down now, I would be like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You did all that work on the cross. You to give us the keys to the kingdom <laughs> for us to take back all of this world and to help all these people. Yeah. And we were still bothered about having a job. And we're still trying to build our lives. And we're still trying to build Babylon. And we're still trying to, you did all that for what? To, to come back? Yeah. I want him to come back and he come back to a kingdom that is prepared for him to rule over. Mm. That's what I want. I want him to come back and be like, yeah, mate, this is yours. This this here, I built this for you. Like have it, have it back. Like I occupied it until you came back. It is now yours and watch him. And it says it's in scripture when there's a new heaven and a new earth that he's then going to give us back again. Things to do. (laughs) He's going to be right brilliant because so now right now we need to be going we need to be preparing for him to come back but then also know that when he comes back he's going to give you another job and based on what it is that you're doing now he's going to go hey guys you know what you did with that podcast how you stewarded that money how and the scripture for this you know about um if it was a unrighteous mammon like if that how can i trust you with true riches so it's like, yes. he's saying like, how you navigate this world right now, mm-hmm. if you can get it in your head, that kingdom culture in your head, when it comes, I'm going to give you so much more. So I am a massive believer that we should all be excited. We should all be, yeah, you know, we should all be writing these dreams, visions down that we have. We should be getting our spreadsheets out and going, right, Lord, here's the money that we have. What are we doing with it? why do we give that 10%? Does that mean that it has to go to the church as we know it? Or is it more setting it aside for your purpose and for your will? Like, how does this all work? Like, I'm really asking God, right, God, give me the kingdom. Give me the revelation. That would be my prayer. If I could pray on the show, like that people would just get a revelation of his kingdom in their lives. So it first enters their heart and get sown in the heart and then it starts to give a fight. Then it starts to give a multiplication effect. Then it, then it leaks into your home. So then when people walk into your home, it's like, wow, this is different. When we walk into your relationships, this is different. Then it overspills into your workplace. Then when you start your own thing, it all that happens. But the first thing is you need to get the revelation of the kingdom in your heart. Um, yeah. because yeah. that's where it starts. 
Yeah, and if you're wondering about what the kingdom looks like or how it all runs, Jesus was telling you all of his parables. I mean, oh. if you if you dissect all of the parables, he says the kingdom of heaven is like right. this. The kingdom of heaven is like that. And if you go back and you listen the, to, to this podcast and then go back and listen to all of those parables, you'll find out that's your marching orders. This yeah. is exactly the type of... Um, message that you're supposed to be spreading as the ambassador yeah. of the kingdom. I, I always yeah. say to finish with this, and I remember when God gave me, when, and I think he gave me this understanding because I know the industry. So like in my industry, you get thought leaders. You know, so thought leaders are kind of people that will bring a concept to the marketplace. So you might get thought leaders in business, in education. They bring a new concept to areas of culture. And then they normally pioneer that. That's what thought leaders are. And I felt like the Holy Spirit was like, that's what Jesus was. He was a thought leader. Like, I would encourage everyone to just go and read the Sermon on the Mount. Just go and read. Because what did he talk? He talked about culture. He didn't talk about religion. He didn't talk about church. He talked about culture. He talked about relationships, loving one another. talked about money talked about this he talked about he literally said hey this is how we should live our lives i know you've heard it said like this but i'm saying this this is how we should live our lives and that's what the, yeah. that's what the kingdom message is and the church should be discipling people in that revelation so then people come yes. into the knowledge of that and go, right, so this is how we should be living. This is how we should be doing that. This is how we do And you'll realize that it's got nothing to do with you. It's got all to do with him. And I remember God telling me once, and he said, Luke, this life is not about you, but I did give you this life for you. It's not about you, but it's for you. It's not about you, but it's for you. And we've created a world where we think that the world is about us. Mm. Right. And it's not. It's about him, but it is for us to enjoy and for us to experience. And it's yes. just take yourself off the throne and put him back on it. And everything else, mm-hmm. I guess, will will flow from it. Oh, I've loved this conversation, guys. I'm really passionate about this. So it's a- <laughs> hey, man, me too. To like three That's parts. why... Uh- <laughs> Yeah, we just uh, we need to do this again. This was fun. Just <laughs> just being able to talk about the kingdom is is uh, it's so important. And any opportunity that I have to do it, you can ask my wife. I'm going to be doing it. But um, just to be able to openly share the, that passion that's flowing from your heart of mm. of this, because it's it's a passion that's flowing to to people. You know, to all of the people around you. It's not a passion that's coming, as you just got done saying, that's coming from you for you. It's Mm. coming from you for everybody else. And that passion can become so infectious because it's such a positive passion where you're saying, I I want this kingdom to come because I want everybody else in the world to experience what I'm experiencing right now. And, And you can be a drug addict and say that. Or you can be a guy involved in pornography and say yeah. that, or you can be a guy, you know, struggling with depression and thinking about killing themselves and trying to bring others with you, or you can you can be following the kingdom 
guidelines and saying, I want to bring you into this experience yeah. because this is the greatest experience I've ever had. Yeah. Amen. So, so excited, man. So grateful uh, yeah. that you were able to come on. Yeah. Can't wait to talk to you again. Uh, where can people find you if they're looking to uh, explore you more? <laughs> yeah, I think the main place would probably be Instagram is a good place. It's just my name. Nailed that URL. <laughs> it's just Luke Askew. Um, at me. Yeah, yeah, at me. Um, and then also, I've literally just started a new ministry called the Made to Thrive Movement. And it is for kingdom-driven entrepreneurs, pioneers, ambassadors, people that feel called to live for the kingdom, to learn more about the kingdom. Um, and you can find that at, at Made to Thrive movement and i'm going to be doing a lot more kind of kingdom stuff on there and discipling discipling people and that's what the lord's put on my heart and yeah so yeah awesome that's fantastic man well if you're listening out there go ahead and uh check out his website go uh give him likes and and, uh follows on his instagram and make sure that you're just promoting the kingdom as much as you can if you're a Mm -hmm. christian and you uh, you know this message resonated with you and it maybe sparked a fire in you as it has done me um my hope and my prayer for this day is that you would really embrace that message and push in to uh, to the Holy Spirit. Find uh, this relationship if you don't have one with Jesus, because I'm mm. telling you, it's going to change your life. Mm-hmm. Amen. So with that, we're going to sign off with Luke Ask You, the one, the only. Yes. And uh, man, it's been fun. It's been fun. Is it okay if I call you mate from now on? Yeah, we're mates now. <laughs> we're mates. All right, buddy. <laughs> well, pleased to meet you, and uh, we'll catch you uh, on the next one, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. See you later. Bye. <laughs> All right. Bye.